Holy bisexuals, Batman, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast hosted by me, Henry Gilbert. That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. And had to do that because the soundboard needs to take a rest because Video Game Apocalypse didn't plug it back in. Uh. And we can't have an audio jack at the same time because we're a rinky-dink operation. LazerTimePodcast.com. Need your help, people. That's Christopher <laughs> Antista, our regular Hi. co-host, and it's just a two a two man duo because everybody else is having fun at the game developers conference in the city. Yeah, in San, sunny San Francisco right now. Good so, weather too. Yeah. So we've seen a lot of people. Like I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people who aren't normally in town, but true. The, they're also too busy to appear on here. Like last, definitely. Th- Tim Terry expresses his regrets. Terry. He said yeah. he really wanted to come on and talk. God, I fucking forget what comic he wanted to talk about, too. Sonic? Um, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was something else. Because okay. it started when we were talking about the uh, how the awesomeness of the Transformers versus G.I. Joe comic mm. occurring right now. Um, well, so, yeah, there's GDC going on. There was also the excitement of the first Community trailer in forever, the Community Season 6, which I guess is just finished. Community Age of Yahoo? Jesus. Yeah. And it'll just post every Thursday on Yahoo Screen, so better install Yahoo Screen on your phone, guys. It's or steal it. Like, sad. What? It's sad. Like, I, I can't say I won't steal it because it Yahoo Screen can't appear on any of my screens. It's, that I, watch I got it on my phone. Shows on. That's where I watch most of my stories. My, te- my telephone. Hold it close enough to your eyes. It'll no, gonna, be like a TV. Sorry, I'm going to get a little David Lynchy here. You fucking idiots. No. <laughs> Don't watch a movie on a phone. I won't have chapter skips on my DVDs. Never. Stop. <laughs> David Lynch. Um, I'm Terrible. Look, I'll do it because uh, I think there, there might be a Yahoo Screen app on mm-hmm. Xbox. Te- double check. There is not. I assure well, you. You really need one. But um, Because I was super excited about it. Yeah, uh, well, look. I would watch it just because... I, I want to watch it on Yahoo Screen just because like it would be a thank you to them for paying that the, they paid for it. Like, I, it I agree. I would love to w- watch mm-hmm. it on my television if were Yahoo to give me the option. And then you could also watch the Harmontown DVD, which is a, a documentary, which is now on Netflix. Yes, so, pretty cool. But comics, dog. Uh, Was it fortuitous? It's nerdy. That last week I mentioned the Star Trek. Uh, versus Planet of the Apes comic. Me well, or because days. L- Leonard, uh, probably Leonard Malton. Leonard Malton, yeah, God rest right. his soul. Before. That's an inside joke. Yeah. from. Uh, if you listen to Laser Time this week in the tribute to Leonard Nimoy. And according to the ratings, most of you don't. Uh, Chris, <laughs> I think Chris three different times, including in his in the uh, the break. That in was the intentional. Really? Yeah, that was totally intentional. Okay. I, well, I meant to like put a tweet in about it. I had it written down, like make sure to say Malton. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, the, but but what have you been reading this week? Uh, I read, I tried to read right before you got, walked in the door. Uh, I was trying to finish um, Batman Endgame Part 4, uh-huh. issue 39. Oh, yeah, it came out last week. Uh, super fast, like, I don't know, I, 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 I know we're stupid Marvel fanboys here, but I don't think Scott Snyder's run on... The Batman's New Fifty Two era has been. It, I don't hear it no, praised as much as it standout. probably should have been. Yeah. It's great, and I and I was reminded by that specifically because this is vague spoiler, ter- but not really. Like you've seen all the headlines. The rumor is 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 the Joker an immortal being who cannot be killed, mm-hmm. and that's nobody really knows yet. And that would explain, uh, but that would explain a lot about the Joker throughout history, wouldn't it? Yeah. No, uh, he's well because he's. 
nearly died in a dozen things, and his people brought up in the co- in the uh, the yeah, it's giving ahead of ourselves a little bit in the question of the week from last week. We asked if people mm-hmm. are cool with care with superheroes killing or not, and they brought up the like the Joker. Batman should just kill the Joker, and I think the reason they're saying he's immortal is because so many Batman stories have ended with the Joker seemingly die because he can't go to jail because he mm-hmm. would be given the death penalty. Yeah. So the Joker just falls down a smokestack and it, or fall or a bomb explodes and, he and they can't find the body and they're like presumed dead and mm-hmm. everybody knows he's not dead. He's and there's never dead. A lot of inklings that that might be the case, but it's also like I didn't. It in the the opening of the issue from last week, it's got Batman going to say hello to the Court of Owls. And it brings this weird new mythology to to, Bat, to all of Gotham City. If you, if you haven't read Court of Owls, that is like the fucking weirdo Illuminati that's been overseeing work on Gotham forever. And who would know better than, if the Joker yeah. has been around for longer than a human lifespan than the people documenting everything. And then you walked in the door, and I had to slam my iPad shut, which is a term said by no one. Um, well, and then, but you did read Princess. I Leia. did. Thank you. Sh- thanks to Sean and uh, that Marvel code, which I bet they'll shut down any day now. Uh, DC, to... DC doesn't do the. They they actually said they're taking back the dual codes of getting the digital co- code with your printed comic. That's existed this whole time. Yeah, and no one's ever given me a DC code. Am I haven't I, seen. Am that. I getting this wrong? Let me, I think you let are. Let me double check this. But you talk. A, I think you are because it's advertised. It's emblazoned on the front of every Marvel comic, and I've never seen it on the front of a DC comic. Free okay. digital code. Um, but yes, I, uh, yeah, I got a Princess Leia. Princess Leia Probably. by Mark Wade and the Dodsons, Terry and Rachel. Dodson. I actually did. Yeah, I forgot it was written by Mark Wade. Um, uh, once again. I don't know. Like Star Wars fever has kind of taken us over in the house for whatever reason. Yeah. No. We. I mean, on this podcast, every week a new thing comes out. We're like, oh, did you hear this? Did you? Hear, we watched. We watched thing. Uh, the Red Letter Media episode one review because Tyler's like, I think I think I should rewatch episode one. I'm like, I don't think we should. Yeah. Just uh, that, we should that, watch the the Plunkett review and yeah, we'll be Plunkett happier. Review, Plunkett review. Yeah. Pretty much says it all. But the uh, but yeah, the, it's been weird. We I've said this before, but it is weird to feel positive about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like to be like, oh, I'm really excited for another. Like also, I was one of the people. I, I was somebody who made fun of the expanded universe mm-hmm. so much and mm-hmm. thought it was like dumb. And well, this is then, like a decompressed universe. Well, that, this is like the first issue to introduce what looks like a major character who is not mentioned. Pro- Prominently yeah. in the in the original trilogy, I like that, and I like that they're taking their time, and also the thought that like these characters might even appear in the films. Maybe like, no, maybe Disney approves of them. They might. True, like, they're they're in there because Disney signed off on characters like Ivan, who Ivan or Eva, Ivan. There's, there's some extra lettering in there. That's E-V-A-A-N. how you know they're from a galaxy far, far away and well, a long time ago. Yeah, they had to make it Star Wars stupid. Mm-hmm. But they, um, <laughs> but no, the story was interesting because it takes place right after the conclusion of Star Wars the first, mm-hmm. the A New Hope. And, you know, then she says... It's it's her finding out. It's Leia finding out what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Like now, is she just going to be the princess who's sad, or is she going to be the proactive, spunky princess we all know her to be? And I'm betting you guys can guess which it is. Well, well I think it's, it's a really good book. It's the interesting 
It's the inter- interesting transition, the, the the comic dialogue that sort of started in Clerks when people started examining the reality of uh, of Star Wars, and mm-hmm. sort of like that the movie opens up with Leia losing not just her parents, her home, every the entire person, planet, every person, and, and she doesn't take a moment to dwell on it. Yeah, and uh, and that's that is that, that comes is a into question point of conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, that is interesting. I do like that, and also the. Uh, I also really like the Dodson's art style. Like, I think sometimes they get they get pigeonholed as cheesecake artists. And they're and and not to, not to sound like a prude. I think they, I think that husband and wife team are in, are great at drawing like beautiful like full figured ladies. Like I they, liked Avon's eyelashes. I've never noticed an eyelash before. They're, they're just very good at drawing. Like they're very good at drawing beautiful women and average looking dudes. Like. And so putting them on the Leia book is good, but it's not like the Leia. Leia is is uh, conservatively dressed the whole time. Well, meanwhile, like Yvonne is only wearing uh, like pilot clothes the whole time. So it's not that they're being like uh, they're super sexualized or anything. But I, I just think Terry. I think the Dotsons are just good at drawing women in general. You know, not just the black cat in super sexy poses, mm-hmm. which they are awesome at doing. Like, do do not get me wrong. Well, I just I liked I liked the way the issue turned out, and it was inarguably the person I I'm I will admit I wanted to know the least about in yeah. between the bridging sequence of Star Wars and Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like there is an interesting story here to tell. Wade found an interesting thing to do with her, mm-hmm. I think. And it's not yeah, just because she's the girl, although I'm sure that's part of it. Is that, she, well, is that she's... I think I I think if it's because she's a girl, it's because No, no. It's because Lucas underwrote women. Like Well, I also there's think there's one woman in Star Wars. If you look at Star Wars and guess what, guys? Nerds are about to talk about Star Wars on a podcast. Don't mm-hmm. run away. Um, but everybody everybody who comes into the movie you're introduced to in the first Star Wars, they come to the situation. Leia was always in the situation that she's in. She's a member of the Alliance and a traitor and a rebel and blah. Uh, Solo, Chewbacca, Luke, they're all adopted in this thing that Leia's already moving forward. Mm-hmm. It, it, we're sort of seeing what Leia's do, Leia and her organization are doing through the eyes of the new the newcomers. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why I wasn't really curious because, like, yeah, they're just part of the alliance now. Like, it's just business as usual for Leia because mm-hmm. she's been doing this the whole time. Yeah. And so, is so it, what's and her backstory is yeah, working with the alliance, well, I guess. But then that's what the comic introduces yeah. that that's not the case. I like to see the introduction of the guy saying like. Well, hi, Senator. Oh, wait, no, you're not a senator anymore because there's no Senate. So I guess princess, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. the same reason you don't. You're not like dying to see like a solo Nick Fury book because uh. Nick Fury is the head of Shield, and Shield does what Shield does. You know what Shield does. Mm-hmm. It's it's who he assembles and who jump gloms onto Shield for a brief a pre- brief moment that makes it interesting. Uh, well, speaking of uh, sexualized ladies being toned down some, mm. uh, I read uh, Spider Woman number five, mm-hmm. which may as well be Spider Woman number one because it's pretty much a reboot. Basically, you should treat first four issues of Spider Woman, even though they were written by mm-hmm. uh, Devin Hopeless, who writes number five, it was all Spider Verse. Like, it was a Spider Woman, the Spider Verse miniseries. Mm. Now that that's over, like, it has been rebooted pretty much in issue five. In the style of Hawkeye, like it's it's it is a street level hero in weird. in functional clothes, <laughs> and she also is like having goofy misadventures. Like she she has this interesting like her outfit is great because she it's just her clothes now. She doesn't mm-hmm. have a secret identity, so 
She like her costume is not the body paint anymore. It is like a I think a a cool uh, like fashionable outfit, but also like a biker jacket that she can like unzip in casual times and Ooh. with cool and cool I gotta gloves. I got to look up a picture of this. I'm not getting a description. It would be one of those interesting cases for yes, people out there listening. Draw what Henry's describing. It's and she has, she, has, she has a cool uh, red leather jacket, nice black pants. Is it red, red leather or yellow leather? Red leather, yellow, 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 yellow. See? Uh, I, I had a drink. Uh, and she has cool boots and a nice pair of like yellow tinted sunglasses. Mm. She and she has a cool motorcycle. Oh, I see. I see. I think she looks all right, and it's Weird. like, you know, some people I think were mad mm. at me because not mad. I'm mad. Not at mad, you. but like, they thought I was being negative on her old costume or saying like, oh, it's body paint, just like every male character's body paint. Which one? I want to see. I I would love to see the contours on Batman's ass the way that you see. Uh, Spider Woman's, but isn't that Spider Woman cover a parody of a Spider Man cover where his ass looks exactly the same? No, it wasn't. That guy drew it. Just like we're not going into that. All right. My point is, I love. I liked her classic outfit fine, but why not try something new? It's been the same for forty years. Let's try a different costume. It does. It does have a seventies vibe to it. Yeah, more so than a lot of other costumes. And stylistically, if you're going to make her book like take clear inspiration from Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, mm-hmm. then she needs to have a more functional outfit. Like if she's drawn in the if she were drawn if the if the style, the art style was the same mm-hmm. in in uh, issue five, if she was only except she was wearing her Spider Woman costume, her classic one, like she would look ten times as ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. people would just go like it would just make her like nakedness seem like ten times as obvious because if she's around only other people in normal clothes, and here she is walking around in her skin tight costume, like mm-hmm. it, people would basically like it, it would just be it would look too. It's got a jubilee vibe. Oh, that, that's oof, boy. That's that's the wrong. It's the glasses, man. The fuck. Are I get the I get the glasses, but like Jubilee has a stupid like yellow trench coat and giant and dumb she's earrings. She's the most nineties like, character of all time. Yeah. So what? Half the X Men wore that halfy coat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think uh, you don't need to have read the first four issues of Spider Woman. It's like I said, it's basically a new number one, and it it's the start of an interesting storyline with uh, super villains and their and their loved ones. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I don't want to go into it more, but also one of her supporting characters seems to be Ben Urich, who's one of my favorite like supporting characters yes. in the Daily Bugle. So it's it's off to a good start, I think. And, and again, like I. I, I may, they're, they're taking some inspiration from the Hawkeye books. I'm almost concerned that, like, there's going to be too many. Like, Marvel's new thing is like, eh, make everything a Hawkeye book. Let's just have five books that are like a Hawkeye book. Like, <laughs> I don't like seeing that Hawkeye, which was a special thing because no other book was like it. Mm-hmm. The, then there's, like, eight books like it because it was successful or critically acclaimed. That they'll just pick other characters. Like, Spider-Woman, I would say, is on Hawkeye's level of, like... This character will never probably start. Will probably never start a movie. Mm-hmm. They're that, and they've had like their own regular series a bunch of times, and it always gets canceled. So let's just put them in a weird thing. But, like, uh, but also this week, 
Hawkeye, all new Hawkeye number one came out. Yeah, yeah, I have not read. That I haven't yet. either. We have. I should say we have reviews on the site. Uh, we had John Wiesel, uh mm. for uh, John Wah, for those who don't know, uh, for Princess Leia and uh, all new Hawkeye. Yeah, time podcast. I will read it. I, I'm gonna. I'm waiting for the collection. And speaking of waiting for the collection, I've read two collections this week. Fade out the uh, the first four issues of that image mm-hmm. book by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. It's really cool. It's like sunset boulevard but actually like uh seedier God, I, I, I gotta you get love that, sunset boulevard i do i gotta get that first volume from somebody though man I'm... and uh then i also read spider the amazing spider-man learning to crawl which is mm-hmm. basically like the uh early adventures of spider-man story like taking place right after amazing fantasy 15 mm-hmm. and telling the story of spider-man and also had the interesting idea of they cr- like to make it to recontemporize it like they they have they recreate all these scenes from Amazing Fantasy 15 or Amazing Spider-Man 1 and everybody just says the things they say in those pages they're not mm-hmm. changing the dialogue but then they show that right off screen like they move to the side a little bit they're like oh where all these people were dressed in 60s style and every man was wearing a hat right to the <laughs> side but you couldn't see it this guy had an iPhone like and he was taking photos of Peter like I so, love that. You ever was, see that, that video that went on the web where someone thought they saw an iPhone, like a Charlie Chaplin movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it looked like somebody was talking on a cell phone. I hope it's a reference. I wish it was real. Uh, but it was a cute way to not... Uh, with reboots like that, you can make it not matter. You can mm-hmm. like say, ah, no, this takes place now. Mm-hmm. Like, And you can do that in better ways than others of like... With Iron Man, they pretty much just had to say, this happened in the Middle East. It did not happen in Vietnam because this can't... Like, it took place in Vietnam because it was in the lead-up to the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. It, it tied it tied Iron Man not just to the Vietnam War, but to before it was declared. <laughs> so, when you have that, like, you needed to contemporize it. But Spider-Man isn't super tied to that time. It's really just the cost. It's really just how people dressed and mm-hmm. the medium of television he appeared on and the way everyone talked. But it wasn't set in a specific time. That could, like he's not tied to the USSR. Like he's, so, mm. better not be. Uh, and then a grandfather I, would never forget. I read so many other things, but uh, real quickly, I read. Super Villain Team Up, Team Up 16, which is one of the most ridiculous things ever. <laughs> like, it's basically published fan fiction, and I love it. It's it's Doctor Doom versus yeah. Magneto. It's you so good. That. Go to my Twitter feed. I know I plug it, but guys, go to my Twitter feed and look at some of the pictures I posted over the weekend of amazing panels from Super Villain Team Up number 16. Mm. Uh, and then also... I, uh, because of the news, I wanted to start reading it. I, I started uh, with the new Catwoman series. I'm not up to the newsworthy bit from the Catwoman series. Why did you start the new Catwoman series? Why don't we, well, why don't we just get into the news real quick of Catwoman? We'll mm-hmm. talk about that. So, as I referenced in the opening of it, like, Catwoman is now canonically bisexual. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, I would have had a sound effect. I know, there's no sound effects. Oh, but... wait. Go ahead. Say it again. Uh, I'll try it one more time. Catwoman is... Selena Kyle is now canonically bisexual. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was totally worth it. I'm, I'm going to I love that. Uh, yeah, it has happened some spoilers, but it was all over the news. 
uh, from last week's Catwoman number 39. Uh, so basically in the story, Catwoman has stopped being Catwoman. Selena Kyle drops mm-hmm. the mantle of Catwoman because she wants to... She is running a, a, a mafia, uh, an arm of the mafia, and but trying to mm. turn them good or better. And so... Then she meets, uh, she's been having a, a difficult uh, time with the new Catwoman. And then all of a sudden, like, she ki- they, like they share a kiss. And, <gasps> and the new Catwoman is like, is it the costume or is it me? And Selena's like, I don't know. And then the writer, the writer went online to say, like, this isn't just a one-off thing. Like, they're going to have an actual relationship. They didn't just, like, share a kiss and then it'll never be talked of again. Or one of them will be died or whatever. Like, they're... They're actually going to be like uh, lovers. Lovers. Um, so, I I think it's an interesting situation. Like, um, I never thought of Selena as like one hundred percent straight. Anyway, like mm-hmm. I think it fits for the character. It doesn't feel like a massive character rewrite because she 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 just didn't seem she seems so in touch with her sexuality that if she were interested in women, like <laughs> she would just go for it and be like, oh yeah, I like. I like yeah. this girl. Let's just do it. She's like, not. It's not like she's not an adventurous person to begin no, with. Totally. That's broken so many social norms on a regular basis already. Would it really be that big a deal for her? Yeah. Well, and also there was the uh, this. This goes back to an interesting interview I had. Uh, I read. I didn't have this interview, though. I'd love to interview Ed Brubaker. Uh, I read this interview with Ed Brubaker. Uh, he did. He who wrote the Catwoman series in the early two thousands, and he brought back Holly, who was like her girl Friday. Uh, who first appeared in Batman Year what does One? That mean, as in like her assistant, her right hand man. You're not like a girl you go out with on Friday. No, no, no. Because you didn't but, have a man. No, no. Uh, there was no relationship between. Like Holly was like her little sister. No, no, no. I mean her girl Friday. I've always wondered what that meant. Oh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Like I, I look. I haven't seen the film. I'm, I'm sure. I bet in that classic mm. film they explain the thing. A and man I didn't look- ask me to the Enchantment uh, of the Sea dance mm. where. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Stewart falls through a pool. A man uh, doesn't want to have sex with me and wants to have a working relationship. What do you even call this? A girl Friday. Flavity Jaspers. Um, and other such 40s exclamations. But okay, but there was Holly, who was her, like, she was basically living with her. She was another prostitute mm-hmm. uh, who lived with her in Batman Year One. Mm-hmm. And when Brubaker put Holly back in the Catwoman books... Um, her creator Fra- Frank Miller said to said to Brubaker, "You know Holly's a lesbian, right?" Like, and so like, and she was living with Catwoman, and I think definitely he saw her as. Uh, I, I think Miller saw uh, Selena Kyle as as a lesbian too. Like, she had super super short hair, and she was definitely like much butcher when Miller drew her to the point where. They like had to then they they kind of had they it seemed like DC was trying to de-lesbianize her. De-lesbianize. Uh, I could have said de-dykeify, but that might have been Hank, like, you're you're off the show, suspended. <laughs> I'm gay. I can say. Oh yeah, things. that's right. Look, uh, so then in the nineties, you mm-hmm. may remember her all purple outfit, her super long black hair, mm-hmm. and her boobs the size of like soccer balls, like. That was Catwoman's look, sexy to some, definitely sexy to Jim Ballant, the mm-hmm. the, the artist. And then when Brubaker came on, he made her butch again, though. And but but Catwoman has always been defined by her relationship with Batman. Mm-hmm. Now with her with her, I remember starting the show, she fucked Batman on a roof. Yeah, pretty pretty uh, 
They, they were just so explicit about it. Mm-hmm. It was just shocking. So then in the same book with a new writer and artist team, like mm-hmm. to make her bisexual is interesting. And I think, but I also, sometimes I, I don't think the writer is doing this because it's a, it's a woman writing it who I think is more in touch with the fluid sexuality of a woman than a male writer would be, than a straight male writer. But I worry that it, that it verges into like Cinemax territory mm-hmm. of just like uh, that, that a, that a Cinemax in a Cinemax softcore porn, every woman is so sexual that they may as well be bisexual for yeah. this scene. They all, they, everyone will kiss a girl. Like it kind of trivializes, you know, I'd like to think <laughs> woman we, on woman love. We are all it. bisexual mm-hmm. until death. It's the only way you can prove yeah, he really didn't like men. He really didn't like. He really was straight. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, this goes into weirder. This goes into so much pontification on female sexuality, which neither of us. I'm an expert. No, that I'm an expert. Ask but, me anything, Henry. But I think I, 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 want, I wonder if in society, well, I read this. I actually, I read this hilarious article called "Me and My Girlfriend Tried Cosmos mm-hmm. Guide to Lesbian Sex," and mm-hmm. she was very disappointed with it because, like. 80% of them were scissoring and she was just like <laughs> lesbians are not into scissoring I like it is like that she says like scissoring I think she said scissoring is like uh, like a Dickens book on your bookshelf like it's an important it's an important part of of a lesbian's history and it should be recognized as part of literature but you don't pull it off the shelf all the time to read like that's all but, but it happens occasionally, like like I, I, surfing accidents. But the the but where were we? Oh yeah, scissoring. I think I know. I think I think with bisexuality, maybe women just feel more comfortable trying things out than like in American society. It's just like if a man kissed another man, like oh you're you're fag, you're fag forever. Like bleh, like that's you if you you. It's not. I think it's it's something men don't feel as safe expressing when you say open to experiment. Society is a lot more open to that kind of experimentation than than mm-hmm. men on men yeah, kind of experimentation. Totally. And, and I, I I think like it's not just men but also women too. I think some women will look down on a dude like, oh you you've been with but it's, another I also man. Think, I also think a woman can kiss another woman and. They can maybe I have bisexual tendencies and like well maybe you don't really you just don't like it's just nice to kiss people for some it it doesn't yeah. matter at all and like you look at like all the the young you look at the things young girls are given to have crushes on mm-hmm. they all look like little girls <laughs> they do look at Justin Bieber mm-hmm. it, well they're not threatening in that way not, I think. it yeah. looks like little ladies little prissy mm-hmm. ladies I'm just saying looking at myself in the mirror I'm like man I am like fleshy garbage. Like there, there's no way you could draw this in a comic book. Mm. I'm not fat, but I'm not skinny. Lots of hair, lots of hair. Like who, who's whose vision of sexuality is this? And the women, it seems like a feminized version of a. Uh, what am I saying? The feminized version of objectification is, seems to be what everybody kind of gets. Yeah, to a degree, yeah. In, in, in convention, in, in American conventional society, yeah. at least. I think, but anyway, I don't think they're trivializing. I don't think they're trivializing this relationship for Catwoman, whatever it means. And I don't think, fuck. I don't want anybody from any LGBT people coming yelling at me. That was a cry for help and compliments. I was fishing. Please, somebody say something nice about my physique, my uh, face. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, 
I think this is like gonna Dick just be welcome. this. I think this will be this new line they cross mm-hmm. too of just saying that like, I bet like twenty years from now they'll mm-hmm. have like, oh the first like there's all these lines being crossed of like this was the first man on man kiss mm-hmm. in in television history like. 30 years ago that was here, that's like nothing now but but I'm saying like maybe 20 years from now they'll be like Superman's gay what like they'll need to do that for a a headline or whatever like Superman will have fluid sexuality I, you, I, I would have I, I can't see having a problem with this kind of announcement if it was but it's so believable with yeah. Selena Kyle and Catwoman it, it makes sense if all of a sudden Marvel announced they were turning Tony Stark gay mm-hmm. like that's a gimmick, and that uh, that's stupid. It and doesn't that, feed well, though. It doesn't I also, feed into anything else that has happened. Like it, it'd be nice to see well, him in the ultimate he's such universe a like womanizer. That. But yeah. I also like. I also don't want to say like any writer a good enough story mm-hmm. could make it believable. No, no, no. I mean, like, like yeah. Tony Stark right now can have in the six one six fuck all the men he wants, <laughs> but he's still like to for, to make an announcement that he's gay. It's like I think it, it it works even easier when you say like Thor's a woman, like. Yeah, that's that's just a thing that's happening. But to reverse a, the actual story, mm. like fantastic things happen all the time. But this is like sexuality is such a low level thing. It's it's yeah, well, it's so they... far below like changing the gender of a superhero or changing the, the the politics of a superhero or changing the powers of a superhero. Way down here is the sexuality of well, a superhero. And they don't. Uh, and it should be worth noting they didn't go for headlines yeah. with this either. Like. It came out in the it, comic, it and then organic. people talked about it because it was noteworthy. But they didn't like they this didn't. Isn't Batwoman's gay, right? Well, Batwoman's been gay since like yeah. 2006, but and she doesn't have her own book anymore. She's losing it, which oh. is too bad for her. Well, and she wasn't allowed to get married because just because there is a rule now in DC of just like no characters don't get married. Uh, but yeah, so I gotta tell you, I've, guess what? I'm gonna reveal this on the show. I have never been one for wedding issues. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They just don't appeal to me. Uh, but you know, we'll have a lot. We'll have a lot of Marvel movie news on the other half of the break. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk quickly about two other small things before mm-hmm. we go to the before we take a break. And one was that uh, people say we shit on Aquaman because we have been nothing but complimentary no, to the Aquaman I was, book. That uh, I love the. Uh, I think John's Aquaman book was great. Yeah. I also. I believe I said only nice things about um, Jason Momo's. I, I might not have just because I liked his up. Just because it was, it was very clear that darker DC version, and like yeah. I feel like they've found ways to make Aquaman work in his green and orange undies and blonde beards, and like they've made him work numerous times as a different kind of hero without going full on Kyle Drogo. Well, there was also like. But what are you going to do? I know who they cast. I read this hilarious headline that was called like Mar- Warner Brothers CEO says DC films edgier than Marvel ones. That like, was that's just what he said. Going they were for. they were they're grounded in more realism and like you've never read a comic in your life. Yeah, you shouldn't speak like this. Well, I'm like Marvel's <laughs> better because of it's like it has magical real. I, it, look, I, dude, for, people hate hearing me say Marvel's better uh, in the movies, but like. In the movies, but like some, we say but, it too much. But I go to DC Comics because when I want like real fucking serious escapism, mm-hmm. like DC has established like this crazy universe that is almost nothing like ours. Marvel is very grounded in, in yeah. our universe. Well, meanwhile, they want to make the films more grounded. Yeah. But, but speaking of the films, like 
Uh, Jared Leto finally cut his damn hair, the hippie. I really hated that hair. Yeah, I, <laughs> I when why. I saw I him at the why. Oscars, I was like, you still have this fucking hair? Yeah, cut really your gross. fucking hair. It's really like, gross. You look like Jim Carrey in a wig. Well, it's Carolyn, and Carolyn said, our friend Carolyn said last year, he has my hair. I can't <laughs> make, she's like, I can't make fun of his hair because that's my hair. But, but he got cast as the Joker, and when mm. I saw him in that hair at the Oscars, the I was man. like, so the Joker's going to have super long hair now, I guess, and... Then he tweeted over the weekend, nope, big old haircut. Shaves too, like he he now has his Joker hair. Like, does so, he think? Yep. What does it look like? Well, uh, I'll pull it up right now on this phone and everybody but how short can is it? Um, well, I mean, it's Heath like, Ledger length? No, shorter than the, the, shorter than the Ledge Meisters. Let me pull it up real here. But yeah, I just liked, I wanted him to get a haircut. I did not want to see him as, with, Joker... Joker can be a lot of things, but long hair Joker, I just like, eh, I don't know. What, what kind of haircut would you prefer? Cornrows? Want some cornrows? Uh, no, I like, I, I, I think my favorite, as long as I'm talking about our favorite Joker haircuts, <laughs> um, my, my favorite would be, uh, there, okay, I'm pulling up a picture for you, sorry. My favorite would be how he was in the, um, in the uh, animated series. I can't tell that, what that is. In the animated series with mm. his like, Short, kind of like almost pompadour, like it yeah. was just like pulled back. Seemed to have a lot of product in it. But yes, I liked like that. Like if I did anything with my hair, I think I could pull off that hairstyle. Ah, <laughs> uh, I agree. Let me do that. I am. I'm terrified. I have to go out in public and see a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time this week, and my hair looks uh, awful. Also, uh, Mega Man and Sonic had a cool crossover yeah, thing. Yeah, did you see that? Um, well, it's called. It's the next worlds collide, except this time it's. Sega and Capcom yeah. with a ton of cameos. Well, I was confused like, by that because it looked like I saw Amaterasu and Beautiful Joe yeah, and yeah. and then like and then it's all the Sonic universe, both Sonic universes. I'm like, I, I don't care about that. Like, you, know, you get all the Sega characters in there. It wasn't already the whole Sonic universe. They need more Sega characters. It is yeah. True, oh but... no, because sorry, Knights was definitely on there. Yeah, that was Knights that was, was the was exception. Totally yeah. And in Knights, I will never not have an undying affection but for I, In addition to all those old, obscure, and unused Capcom characters. I like to think someday these games will be big enough that Sega and Capcom will just do what they do. They'll also, like, Sega is like... Oh, they're going to they, have to merge if they want to down so low, like, they're just going to have to... They, they, will, they, they will have to go to Capcom, I think, mm. at some point. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back... Superhero spotlight on Selena Kyle, mm-hmm. uh, which I think I actually have like half done at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, then also a ton of Marvel movie news too. Your answers to last week's question of the week, plus a couple questions from the audience I solicited last week. Hey everybody, welcome to the break for this week's episode. Boy, this is a long one, but we had a lot of fun on it. And hey, thanks again for listening. We always love you guys listening and checking out the podcast on LazerTimePodcast.com. And if you'd like to support the site in other ways, there's a lot of things you can do. When you go to LazerTimePodcast.com, there is a button for donations through PayPal. If you just want to give a little bit of money that way, it's a nice easy direct way to show that you are enjoying the show and it really helps us out also there's a link to a t-shirt store you could buy a t-shirt that helps too or on the right side of the screen there's a bunch of links to amazon you don't have to buy what we're suggesting but buy anything through that link and a little bit of money comes our way at no extra cost to you so come on you're buying stuff on amazon right i mean yeah you need it Uh, Also, uh, be sure to review the show if you're listening to it on iTunes. Subscribe, review. I'm sure all you guys have done it, but I always love to see new reviews, so please head on over there. 
and lastly, now it's time for the Hanks Corner pick of the week. Now it's Watchmen, but like, duh, who needs to be told to re- read the Watchmen? But this is in conjunction with uh, of this Hanks Corner. Is this amazing video I saw that I'm going to link to in this week's episode of Kieran Gillen, the the writer of a bunch of great books, including the Young Avengers books, and uh, I believe Loki. He's he did this incredible talk about what's so awesome about Watchmen and like describe it like this metatextual like crazy deep digging into the world of Watchmen and just there's so many awesome it, it, Watchmen is one of those things that you think you know everything about it and then you watch this and you're like oh no I didn't know everything I didn't catch everything and there's so many amazing moments in it that he that he spotlight spotlights and it's a great uh, video and if you you know read the book before check it out again if you've never read it you can buy it through a link on this week's episode page so go there lasertimepodcast.com and now back to the rest of the show Back, true believers, for the Marvel movie minute. Mm-hmm. It's much longer than a minute. Uh, I, We're skipping the superhero spotlight. No, the superhero spotlight comes after the minute. Uh, okay. Uh, what do you think? It no, should... I, it doesn't matter to me. All right, but okay. So the news, man. The the Marvel news is just so like mixed up. Like, first off, let's just get with the thing we definitely know, which is there's a new Age of Ultron trailer, which. Revealed a ton of things. Woo. Woo. It was too informative, almost. I, I was like, I, it. It was one of those trailers where it's like, if you deconstruct it enough, you can map out. The I film. put my thoughts down on lasertimepodcast.com where we post the trailer and encourage you to leave your feedback and speculate all you want. I'm scared to dig into the comments that much, but it, the sub the sub headline is just when you think you're done pissing your pants off. I didn't think <laughs> Marvel still had it in me in them to make me like, holy shit. Whoa! Whoa! Holy shit! Holy shit. Yeah. But the, the trailer had a ton of holy shit moments, and mm-hmm. went through it frame by frame. And, and and I've predicted a couple things that I think are going to happen in the. Yeah. For one, but I was like, I don't want to be right about this. I just mm-hmm. want to enjoy this. When I see it in that that one shot I put on there of like the Hawkeye and Thor and Black Widow donating a fucking like. Drifting a car into an embankment where it explodes, and then Captain America screams over it on a motorcycle, and Hulk jumps in is the most comic book cover shot <laughs> I've seen in any Marvel movie. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. Which shot I'm talking about? I can lean the computer over. Look at that, right there. Like that is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And and uh, but it also leads me to believe I now know what the opening of the movie is. It's in the Winter Woods. <laughs> yeah. The, the, and you I, think that Winter Woods thing? Is absolutely. The that is the opening of the film. Um, well, you know what I was thinking was that, uh, and I don't want to—I don't want to know that. And then I looked down and like I didn't know where how Scarlet Witch and uh, uh, Quicksilver played into the plot at all. Now mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it! I sort of wish I didn't know that. I did I love seeing him on a throne. Like seeing Ultron on a throne was really cool. But I loved the glimpse of Vision. Yeah, I did. That was great. That, I, I love that seeing that. Looks that looks really cool. I love seeing a little bit more of the Hulkbuster armor fight. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. 
I also I love the funny aside where uh, Black Widow says, "I'm always picking up after you, boys." Like, <laughs> I like her. Like, it's almost too cliche to position, but her just being like the grumble, grumble. I'm not your dead mother, like kind of thing. Uh, and also, the, the, actually, Iron Bat guy points it out. There's a shot in the, in, after the first minute of the trailer with Hawkeye, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Because it looked like Wolverine popping his claws, mm-hmm. and it's it's Hawkeye popping his arrows, uh-huh. but like out of his hand. I think Hawkeye's dying. That's my prediction. Oh, really? I think uh, nobody likes Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Ooh. Renner's pissed off. He Ooh. thinks he sucks, and and nobody talks about or asks for a, a Hawkeye no solo movie. Ha- no one wants a Hawkeye solo. But it could be Guardians of the Galaxy worked in kind of a different genre. It was a straight up adventure film. Why well, couldn't there be a Matt Fraction Hawkeye movie? Well, there's here's the other thing. What? Um, this is Joss Whedon thing. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon loves to kill good guys. Yes. He, he only he would have killed Agent Coulson. Like that is a Joss Whedon-y move. You know, he gets and he gets a lot of shit for that, but he I he, he makes it matter. I think he makes He it. makes it matter, but he also introduces he's very good at making every character in his universe charming. Yeah. And he usually ends up killing the one that has the least to do. Well, that's also like they killed Alan Tudyk in yes. Serenity Watch. because they didn't need another I was, flyer. I was like, fucking broken after that shit. So please, I'm not. I do not wish want to. Li- I don't even want to live in a world where Wash isn't with us. Yeah, but they already had a guy who could fly the thing. They did and they killed Book because they didn't need a guy to make him. He feel already guilty. left. Like yeah, and so and the nudity killing Buffy, bunch of people whose storylines had kind of run out of steam. Including the mom. No right. powers. That is one of the greatest episodes of all the time. The body. The body. It's yeah. fucking great. Um, but yeah, the, they, yeah, they would kill people who mm-hmm. were kind of done with stuff. So when there's a scene in the film that is a very weed... In the trailer, it's a very weedny scene. Which is like, I don't think we're all coming back from this one. And then Cap says, I got no plans Friday night. Like, that was a cool <laughs> scene of them basically saying, somebody's going to die. Hmm. You know who is shown right after that? Who? Hawkeye. Oh, man. Hawkeye running through the woods. See, and then, uh, when, at the end of the trailer, when there's the giant Ultron army, mm-hmm. do you know who's not there in that shot? Oh, man. Or in any of the daytime shots oh, in, that, in those scenes? Oh, no. See, this is why I didn't want to do that. I backed away from the analysis. Well, and also, like, the Avengers, there's too many Avengers. Mm-hmm. They, like, if they're adding Vision... Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, they're all crazy. becoming members mm-hmm. on top of Cap, Iron Man, and uh, Hulk, and Scarlet Witch. <laughs> and, like, it's a lot of guys. It's just like we don't have any precedent for this at all. We have no precedent for this other than the Batman movies, and maybe Batman gained a Robin, and one time he gained a, cat, a, a, a Batwoman. Batgirl. Yeah. What was Alicia Silverstone? Batgirl well, I mean, or Batwoman? Yeah, Batgirl. Well, I mean, we have had the X-Men films, like, but they it's never true. really introduce a new character. And X-Men are also used to the X-Men is an army of mutants. From the mm-hmm. comics, like having 50 X... Having 50... Excuse me. Having 50 mutants in an mm-hmm. X-Men thing, That's you're true. like, this is an overkill. This is how many freaking mutants there are. Mm-hmm. There's, there's too many X-Men. There's a giant so school fits. of them. I, I get it. Too but many X-Men. Too do, do, do. many X... Uh, I did love the line, too, of like um, the way... Stark explained making mm-hmm. Ultron, saying he built armor for the world. Actually, that bummed me out. Mm-hmm. Because that bummed me out because it was the confirmation that Stark did, in fact, build Ultron. And I don't know, and, and I realized, like, why do I care who, who the fuck built Ultron? And I realized I cared more for Ant-Man. 
for Ant-Man to, to play have a, him have more important to be a more significant person in the Marvel Universe than you know than I thought about it and like well fucking Michael Douglas is playing Hank Pym so yeah. like maybe Hank Pym isn't going to be that relevant to this universe at all anyway it's Scott mm-hmm. Lang I need to worry about and the first Ant-Man comic was really funny yeah uh, I think uh, I I think I read in an interview with Whedon where he pretty much just said like it's gotta be Stark like it's it he makes is sense. a tech guy it from a storytelling standpoint, mm-hmm. it has to be him. Like, yeah. And so, yeah. And it's, it was a great, it was an amazing trailer. Again, probably shows too much, honestly. Like, but I, just can't but I also think they're the type of people, they held back that Thor Hulk fight and mm-hmm. other stuff from the first one. Yeah. So I like to that think is, they're right. holding back shit. To, to think about what they're holding back and what they're not showing you. Because mm-hmm. it did feel like, that was like two group battles where yeah. we kind of only got one mm-hmm. before. Well, because they, they were a team until the end. They yeah. were assembling. Isn't is the movie officially called Avengers Assemble? No, it's Avengers. Age I, think it, I think it. I think it might be called. No, no, the first movie. Uh, I think it's just the Avengers. I, I think, think there's I think a chance it might be Marvels either in some territories. Marvels the Avengers or, or Avengers Assemble. I don't know. I, I wanted to well, look, look into that. Well, but then also speaking of the future of of the Marvel mm-hmm. franchise. So the Russo brothers have officially, though there was no doubt in it, like the Russo brothers officially signed on to make Captain America uh, Civil War. Like they're the directors. But they also have apparently made a deal to like do the next. Like they they might be the Avengers Infinity directors too. Because mm. Whedon's been pretty open about like, he says, I want to make new universes. I'm done. Like I don't want to do like... And, it's for somebody to live the Marvel universe and make two Avenger two billion dollar movies in five years, like it's kind of tiring. I would bet. Like, I'm sure it's exhausting. And also now Whedon has the kind of clout that he yeah. can make whatever fucking crazy bad show he wants to make. Let's let's. And it'll be over in a year, sure, but he'll get to make it. Poor Whedon had to. Joss Whedon had to kind of exist in a pre-internet universe. I remember we were even on a podcast discussing like they signed Joss Whedon to direct the Avengers. We got everything we ever wanted. It made Marvel look smart <laughs> yeah. because, like, why wouldn't you allow Weed to do whatever he wants? He's proved nothing but, like, you... He makes exactly the movie you want. He makes exactly want. the movie you want. Like, th- this will be a merchandising thing for 30 years. People <laughs> will dress up at the, as these characters for as long as, as, long mm-hmm. as they live if you just let them do what he wants. But, but it was such a slow progression. All they had to base it on was TV ratings. Yeah. So all of his shit got canceled. Well, I, I feel like that's why he, he should have got to make a Wonder Woman film. But, yeah. uh, but they didn't let him. So... Uh, right. But so yeah, the Russo brothers like they're uh, the they brothers. might be the future of X Avengers, which I'm cool with that because mm-hmm. Winter Soldier really good, so good, really good. And those their guys, work on Community is phenomenal, and those guys are pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but then also in the article I read about that revealed that the from the Sony hacked emails, the Russo brothers also wanted to be involved in the Spider Man reboot mm. too. And now that it's back on, people think they've signed a deal with the Russo brothers to also have them do. Uh, like to be not direct, but to be involved in the Spider-Man well, didn't they film sign more a director so. For Spider-Man well, so that was the other news that so Latino Review, which mm-hmm. is pretty much always right, mm-hmm. they said Drew Goddard is going to be the writer and director of the film, which would be amazing, uh, like or spectacular. Uh, he, it can't uh, be amazing he'll, again. He'll be the director of Spectacular Spider-Man. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> Web of and that he's that's, they're going to be left with that too, but. <laughs> He'll be the director of the spectacular Spider-Man, and that he'll be off the dumb Sinister Six movie that would have been a waste of his time. Mm. Now he like now the director, writer, co-writer of um, Cabin in the Woods, not Into the Woods, no, totally different thing. 
he'll be like him is on Spider-Man would be incredible, but I think that uh, him with the Russo brothers like overseeing it would be like double awesome. And and also the other cool news from uh, the 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 rumor about Drew Goddard, which for all I know could have been announced on Thursday because. They, the also the other part of it was that they said Tony Stark's going to be in the Spider-Man oh, film yeah, too, right. and I believe I read somewhere that RDJ Robert Downey Jr. was um, advertising like big stuff coming on the fifth. So who knows? Are you there serious? Be, yeah, yeah. So and he already revealed his poster. Yep. So I, I think it could be his involvement in Spider-Man. We'll see, but. Uh, Wait, what's the, was the tra- the tra- did the trailer premiere early? Age, no, Age it came trailer? out the right time. I think. Okay, I woke up uh, at like maybe one was... o'clock in the afternoon today. So it you're would... all discombobulated. I am. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, GDC. I'm really interested in in I I love the idea of Drew Goddard doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome, and that the Latino review review news also further emphasize like Aviarod is gone. Like he's like well, he's, he's still gonna have his name on shit. But. He, it is, it is, it is a thank you and a paycheck. It is I, not he, him making calls. He probably deserves it. Hit that's those Spider-Man movies were enjoyable. The Spider-Man films. Those first two were pretty yes. okay. Yeah, and 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 it, not only were they okay, they proved that superhero movies could be a success. And it's, no, he, he deserves some of that credit. Arad deserves all the credit in the world. Like Brett has told this story before, and I've heard it too. Of just that. Him in a meeting, like he was just a guy who he he's, he was an Israeli that moved to America that ran a that ran an all right toy company with another Israeli, mm-hmm. who then ended up with enough money to buy Marvel Comics, and when he came on board, he pretty much gave the speech of like like we shouldn't have been able to afford you. You guys are worth a ton, and you don't even realize it. Like Spider Man's a billion dollars. Spider Man alone is a billion dollars, mm-hmm. and you idiots don't know how to make that money. And, like, he showed them that was true. Like, mm-hmm. it was... So, without a rod being around, like, who knows if they would have taken film. They probably wouldn't have and, taken and film. And he hasn't series. sued us. Yeah. Uh, for What was that? The Botmasters? I think he threatened people. Yes. He produced the Botmasters, and we didn't find this out until after we started the network. Uh, he screams, it's laser time, boys. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been nice to us. He's... Also, that a rod is, like... Uh, one thing I don't like about him is that he, I think he announces deals so early just mm. to like prove he's making stuff. Like he, he's technically making an uncharted Metal Gear and Mass Effect film, but all he did was like say, I, as an independent producer, agree this should be made into a film. Let's I, as an see if we can find somebody. I, who as an independent that. producer, think Mass Effect's Metal Gear Solid should be ruined. Do you hear stuff? What? Oh, sorry. Yes, that was my. That was Ooh. my. Cig- you heard my cigarette. Oh dear. Okay. Again? I don't think people want to hear that. No, no. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that was all the big Marvel news. Now it's time. For what? For this. Hold on. Uh, nope. Okay. Stall, stall. Hey, guys. Uh, as you know, every week we do a big old uh, story about the superhero spotlight. Superhero. Uh, and so this week we're going to do uh, Selena Kyle, though we kind of all... I, I'm not going to repeat some of the stuff I already mm-hmm. said, but uh, so yeah, the character of Catwoman was created a, a while ago. Uh, specifically, she uh, a character like Catwoman, though not officially Catwoman. I believe she was just called the Cat. What do you mean? First appeared in Batman number one in really? 1940. Like 
Yeah, she was the cat. As you can see her right there. It's created by Bill Finger mm-hmm. and Bob Kane. Oh, my and God. And she was just kind of a sassy crime mistress who... It, it took her a while to even get a costume. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, and she kind of was extra emphasized in the Golden Age, partially because of Operation Batman's Not Gay. Like, that ah. after after the seduction of the innocent came out, they're like... We have to show he's not gay. So he has to have female villains who he has sexy, sexy stuff with, sec- sexual tension with. And that's what Catwoman was. Though I don't think, as, as uh, for my research, like she wasn't even given the name Selena Kyle until much later in her, her character development. Like she was just the Catwoman because some characters didn't have, uh, didn't have secret identities, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but she eventually got it. And, and I think maybe her biggest, like, the biggest boon for Catwoman, though, mm-hmm. of course, in the in the Golden Age comics, there's her purple outfit and her whip and, and all that was set up. And, <laughs> and that was kind of the inspiration for Jim Ballant's costume, mm-hmm. like, her Golden Age self. And that, and that Catwoman, I believe, is the one who went on to the Golden Age Catwoman is the one that married Batman in her timeline. Because well, she came up through World War II. Why is it I only associate her with a unitard and as, as a flexible thief, with the, the, which uh, those, like the multiple set of flowing robes doesn't seem to convey as well? that's as well. because the, the, I'd say the look of Catwoman, the classic look of Catwoman, came from the 66 series. Mm-hmm. Like, Batman... Batman 66, she was a main character on it and recast oh, yes. multiple times. Eartha As a Kitts, joke, Julie Eartha Kitt, Julie Newmar, Lee Merriweather, mm-hmm. and a fourth one, I forget. Uh, and also her sidekick, mm-hmm. fun fun note about Batman 66, her sidekick was played by the woman who sings the song, It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want really? To. Yeah, because she was her sidekick, and in that episode, she's like, I'll sing a song for you guys. And then she just sings her new song. Like, it's how they did a guest star. It's so silly and campy. It totally fits with the rest of the show. And then I add on top of that that apparently that, uh, like, that character was the inspiration for Holly, and that singer, like, went on to come out of the closet. And she was like, I was a lesbian in the 60s, and I just mm-hmm. couldn't reveal it. So. A lot of interesting. I was so gay, and I couldn't tell anybody. <laughs> couldn't tell anybody. But I mean, you know the the '60s Batman. Like she was such a sex symbol. Mm-hmm. Like Catwoman. Like in her Man. in her skin tight outfit. Like they knew what they were doing with her. It's too. a good look. Did Tim Burton introduce the stitchy element? I mean, the, yeah, the, the leather was falling apart more, mm-hmm. and that it was. But no, no, the 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 Catwoman. Uh, I, I think the Catwoman costume, the leathery one, mm-hmm. the de- the dominatrix aspects of it came in in the in year one okay. because like she always had she often had a whip, which I think it's funny that Catwoman with her whip mm-hmm. and her tight leathery clothes mm-hmm. and costume play like probably inspired the sexual fantasies of of millions mm-hmm. who would go on to have BDSM inspired stuff. So then you come to the 80s of then the thing she probably helped inspire inspires her back. And she is like, hmm. she she has a dominatrixy style. They don't outright say she's a dominatrix in year one, mm-hmm. but she's whipping dudes. She is taking pleasure in causing harm to men. Mm-hmm. Like that's her. Which I don't appreciate. <laughs> that was her character. You do not make fun of men. You do not hurt men. And she was already wearing so much like leather and and overly dramatic stylized clothes in her in her streetwalker persona that 
her having a full body leather cat suit wasn't that much crazier. Mm-hmm. Like so and I think so I think uh I think Burton's Catwoman was kind of a combination of those two things of just like sexy 66 mm-hmm. and leathery uh Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. I just like it just Catwoman and she's a cat burglar. To me that those are synonymous aspects of her. She's a lot like a uh, black cat in uh, Marvel. What am I thinking? Black, no, Black Cat and, is like totally a Catwoman ripoff. Like, yeah, that's what it, she. That's how she came to be. Totally. But, but yeah, when I think of the '66 series, which I'll be, I'll be honest, I'm, that's probably how I was introduced to her. The '66 yeah. series, uh, man, they just they took forty percent off that on Amazon last week, and I want, I still couldn't justify it. I want mm. that series so bad. Ugh. But she's such a femme fatale, like a stereotypical femme fatale. But she mm-hmm. was good at it. Like yeah. all the actresses who played her were good at, it and just. All of her cat puns and just like meow, Batman. And she had one of the my favorite lines ever on the Batman sixty six show was said by her, where mm-hmm. she's saying like, oh, "We could go straight, like me and you, Batman. We could we could settle down. I'll I'll stop being evil." And then Batman is like, "Well, he, he's into it." And he's like, I, "What about uh, Ro- what about Robin? What about?" <laughs> What about Robin? And what then, about Dick? I mean Robin. She says, what about Robin? And then she says, we'll kill him. <laughs> like She's just like, oh, I, I mean, that problem's solved. We'll just kill him. Duh. Duh. Um, but yeah, I think people didn't know her character name as Selena Kyle mm-hmm. in the mainstream until Michelle Pfeiffer played Definitely. her. Definitely. And, right. and when I, just thinking about it right now, she's the least regrettable thing in Burton's. I don't yeah. know. I don't mean to shit on Burton's series, but it is it is... Remember when we thought that was the high point of Batman? Yeah. And now it's like, it's a couple notches above the low. It's funny to think back on it. Like, we didn't know any better. Same, (laughs) like, when we were kids, like, it's just a Batman movie that's not completely goofy. Mm -hmm. This is the most serious, finally, they're taking my thing I love seriously. It's in the shit that comes out of Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito's mouth. Well, it's so just silly. It up. And, but Mich- it up. when Michelle Pfeiffer does it, it's outrageously convincing. Yeah, uh, want to get nuts? Let's get nuts! I think she was more down to earth. She was more. She was having a more realistic portrayal. Uma of Thurman Catwoman. looks like she's having fun, but she still looks ridiculous. Well, I think I think Uma Thurman either chose to or was told to. You're a drag queen. Play, <laughs> play this like a drag queen. Do that. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think because Selena in the film was Michelle Pfeiffer and blonde, that mm-hmm. then when Catwoman was, it, it was it was funny that the Catwoman in the animated series was also blonde Man, and very close to it. Shouldn't even bring that up. But I, uh, go ahead, sorry. I think the first I I always associate Catwoman so closely with the animated series because the premiere of the animated series was timed for the release of Batman Returns mm-hmm. and they did it with a two-parter I believe it was called just the cat mm-hmm. or where they fought the Crimson Claw who was like this Russian uh, mean lady and Catwoman was was figured prominently in it and so I always just associated with that and that's also when they cast Selena as I think they made it clear Selena is not she's not the Joker she's not mm-hmm. a murderer she's yeah. not she she will kill people if Forced to like she doesn't have a I I, like I, in, she doesn't have a no death rule. In the last but. ten years, I've seen her unite with Batman for whatever reason more often mm-hmm. than I've seen her combat him. Yeah, well, because she and she's just like I steal stuff, mm-hmm. no, from rich guys. Who cares? The mm-hmm. Batman's like Selena, you really should. Uh, all right, 
I'll look the other way. All right, you get to be my drunk uncle. <laughs> I, now, I don't condone this, but I love you. <laughs> and uh, in her playing both sides of the field, <laughs> I don't mean that by being bisexual. Nah, I, she, I heard you, Hank. That, uh, I crucify him, everyone. I, I, I just, I like that she worked in a gray area that Batman didn't. It made her different. And, and that was really embraced in that Brubaker stories with Catwoman where, like, she she was just like yeah I'm not I'm not a good guy I'll break the I'll break the law I'll steal something because I feel like it and then it comes to a point where like oh I could the villain is hanging by is this villain is hanging on my hand like it's my choice to let them fall or not and every hero pulls up the villain to prove they're good and she's mm-hmm. like yeah fuck you you the, the like the guy she did the guy she she just lets this guy drop because he had done unforgivable unspeakable horrors to your family she's mm-hmm. like yeah fuck you you're you're an awful human goodbye like and it was the same they did a certain thing like that on the on the animated series too mm-hmm. where she was about to drop somebody and i think it was like supergirl was team no batgirl was teaming up with her and she was about to drop this villain and she says like batgirl says don't do this you'll be just as bad as him and selena just goes like grow up and just drops him <laughs> I like, like that and and that's kind of where she's at now what I was really enjoying in the new Catwoman books is that she she's the head of a crime family she's like oh I'm related to this uh, Italian mob group mm-hmm. okay then I'll just I'll run them I'll run them better than than an evil guy would I'll just, should, I'll just have this be my new job she should be a punk rock icon if she's not <laughs> get, get on it people who still Unironically, wear mohawks. I don't. I, I'm way out of touch. I shouldn't have said that at all. Edit that out, Henry. All right. Um, so yeah, and that is the superhero spotlight. Collect your hero. What? It's an accident. All it's right. always an accident. Uh, so yeah, that was Catwoman. Um, so I guess all that's left is the question of the week. Bam. Um, all right, so last week's question of the week was just about how you feel about superheroes having a no-kill policy or not. Uh, kind of like a no-kill shelter, but for the Joker. Uh, so annual gift man who lives on the moon said, Captain America is a character I think about when it comes to the murkiness of a no-kill rule. We tend to think of uh, Steve Rogers as a wholesome Riverdale guy, but he has killed people, and not just barren blood, an undead vampire. Oh. Rogers is a soldier after all, and like Indiana Jones, we give him a free pass when it's killing Nazis. Uh, Then meanwhile, Shin said, um, I think it's important to have strong role models in our hyper-violent culture who don't cross that line. In many cases, like Spider-Man and Batman, this is an incredibly endearing trait. I do absolutely think that there are characters which simply don't work without killing. Uh, Moon Knight, for example, was far less interesting when he attempted to go straight. Uh, and then also he says, my hmm. final thought is not killing is an important challenge in a world in which all good always triumphs over evil. It is. And I, I don't know. I was reading some of those, some of the thoughts from uh, an R, an R2 Birdman guy uh-huh. about how much he, ha- he hates superheroes, but like, it's just like, like might, might is right. And like, yeah, but like none of these superheroes actually like really, really kill anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but more that like, from a story perspective, it's not that interesting. It would just make things constant action sequences. It was one just big battle to murder the other, the other person. Yeah. And that's why the most interesting villains you think of are like the Joker toying with somebody and not killing them. 
batting them around like a dead mouse. <laughs> well, and Darth Vader mm. X brought up too that mm. um, if you wouldn't have recurring villains, there if you, you go. kill them, there like, you go. How, it's hard to have a rogues gallery if they're all dead. And secondly, it's a balance of power. An unwillingness to kill is like a handicap. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, most heroes are better, stronger, or faster than their enemies. If they were willing to kill, kill there'd be no conflict. If Batman was a killer, every criminal in Gotham would get sniped their first week on the job. <laughs> if, uh, Super, if Superman was a killer, every villain would be dead in three seconds. Yeah, so he, he could even... He could, he could so easily fly through an air conditioning duct and poison Lex Luthor and yeah. never get blamed. Uh, also, uh, had some extra comments. Uh, there was an interesting bit where John pointed out uh, in in the comments that he likes that Arkham Knight is being M because the previous ones were way too violent for his kid. Like he mm. said that he oh, would wow. play, he would play, he played Arkham City with his son, and he's <laughs> like, "Well, the, like, there's all this murder, and here is here's super sexy Catwoman who then shows up and is being called a bitch by like half the staff." He's like. <laughs> Maybe my son shouldn't play. This. I think, judging by how many people Batman paralyzed in that game, we really need to see how deep the Wayne resources go into wheelchairs <laughs> and uh, leg braces. Yeah, he really. Uh, Annual Gift Man also asked how I feel about Peter being drawn as a male model because he. I talked about how mm-hmm. Steve Ditko drew him as this spindly armed, mm-hmm. like weirdo nerd, and you know, I. That all goes back to John Romita Sr. When he took over, he started drawing Peter as a heartthrob, like mm-hmm. he, or, or is at least as a handsome man. And so, while I think it is the truest aspect of Spider-Man is a nerd, like he he blossomed. Like he, mm-hmm. when he went to college, he became a handsome dude. And sometimes Peter embraces that more than other times how handsome he is. But he kind of. He kind of is a good-looking guy. Yeah, you know? yeah. It would, it's some of the, some of the aspects of Peter are totally unbelievable, given how good-looking he is. Mm-hmm. Out of the red, out of the red and blue suit. Uh, let's see here, and then we had um, two interesting questions. One from Garnser, which was, um, "You guys seem very cynical about cartoons just being advertisements for toys, mm. uh, no matter what effort goes into making stories and everything that would make them somewhat we enjoyable." Do. Which I don't think. I mean, we're just open, like. They made Transformers to sell toys. They made He-Man for that. Oh, yeah. Like I don't the, lo- think, the lore was secondary. Though I think some people picked up the lore and made yeah, cool stuff. They elevated them, like. it to a place where it, yeah. it, I think it didn't fully deserve to be. Uh, but so, yes, why aren't you more cynical about white male superheroes being turned into minority versions of the same hero? What is the value of changing an established hero into something that some readers might not like instead of coming up with totally new characters. I don't... Mm. Let me me finish. From some points of view, using the existing character's popularity to push diversity seems like a cynical push by publishers to pull in new minority readers. Do the established characters who get changed really do better than characters who start out as minorities in the first place? Uh, I think... But we're both right when we call them gimmicks. But I do find, like, I don't know from experience because all the characters I grew up loving were white. Yeah. I don't. And I think it's good to take in. This history is one thing to take into account. Like, mm-hmm. so many of those characters were white because the dudes making it, mm-hmm. and in most cases, men making it. Like that was just the world they saw. They're like, or or it was what yeah, they thought. It, it was wasn't a bad. It wasn't a bad thing. But everybody the, who starred in everything then was white, the unless idea, it was an all black movie or something like that. Like, it's more that I like the idea of like 
uh, like like when you're maybe a little like we're little nerds, right? So yeah. we we probably discovered something like Bruce Lee before anybody else. Or before, like we we had to work to find Bruce Lee. It's not like it was being played on television all the time. But like uh-huh. Bruce Lee is a shit. Jackie Chan is awesome. Mm-hmm. The idea that like well, you shouldn't have to work that hard for a, a six year old <laughs> to have a, a hero that looks exactly like him that he can yeah. immediately understand. And I know, I know that regardless of race, people can find that in people. Uh-huh. But but the idea that like not having one and I have all of them. Yeah, feels, it feels very weird, and feels, I don't mind. It feels selfish to me. It, it to me it can feel selfish for me of just like, oh, every care every hero should look like me. Yeah, I looked up to plenty of, of black and Asian characters and some women, but <laughs> but it but the maybe there are people who can't. And there were it, and and like the diverse heroes that there were, like in Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. One of the unfortunate facts of their creation was that a lot of them were created for tokenism or just to be like. Oh, black exploitation's popular now, so let's have a, a a proud, super strong black man with an afro who beats up honkies. Like, let's let's make Luke Cage, but let's, and, or the, let's make an African king named Black Panther. Like, in in both those cases, th- this was a, a fact I saw Dan Slap bringing up on Twitter too. That in those cases, like their race really matters to them. Mm-hmm. Like that, like the the fact that. Uh, Black Panther is the king of an African kingdom like mm-hmm. that is intrinsic to his character yeah Spider-Man's race like Peter Parker being white or not white like that isn't and I think like for a kid who lives in in Queens in Forest Hills Queens New York which is not an all white city like who goes to what is now who lives with his whose parents are dead who lives with his aunt like that's that's not like that is not a a only white experience. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I I acknowledge the uh, hypocrisy of all this stuff because because acknowledging that like a kid needs someone of the same color in order to look up to them and be their hero mm-hmm. is inherently racist. <laughs> that they can't see that. Uh, I don't believe that you if you don't believe kids can look through color to find their heroes, mm-hmm. that's an inherently racist thought. But it makes it easier. Well, I have to and think. it's it is also easy. It's too. It is easy for us to say, mm-hmm. as as people who are part of the mainstream culture that reflects us all the time, we didn't we didn't grow up not seeing ourselves yeah, yeah. reflected. I, I, yeah, again, I'm not saying, I we don't, don't know, know what that. Like, we, I said we're I kind of guessing at what that. I was feels writing like. an article and I kind of ditched it about the new Ducktales, and it's like, uh, here's the things that Ducktales should be because, like, I was like, I'm an expert in this. I know, but then like. This isn't for me. No, this no. isn't for me at all. And like, and, and it's more the idea that like, yeah, if the people who know best, and there are people who work there who know better than me. I hope mm-hmm. uh, I, I, that is a not that is a not a cynical thought. Just so you know, I do believe there's someone there who knows how to make a good cartoon show. The idea that these characters can live on for in 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 the hearts of younger people for different reasons doesn't hurt me at all. Yeah. It doesn't hurt the character I love either. It just makes it stronger. Mm-hmm. The more the more people who love them for any reason. Well, I, w- I had been thinking about role models too the last uh, day or so because first I went to this uh, I went to this GDC group panel thing that was LGBTQ plus. Uh, it's a very long acronym now, guys. But Man, can't wait to find. Let's go meet some pluses. Uh, but but trans. I'm married with dog. But trans stuff was coming up a lot mm-hmm. in that thing, and especially like breaking down gender binary mm-hmm. of just like gender is a construct. Of, 
gender is performative. Just Google gender is performative and, and read up on that, guys. But I will not. One of the it's it, it, look, Chris, you're college educated. You you want to take a look at these things. But no. the point of it is of just like these were people who in the in the thing there were several trans people there mm-hmm. who either you know transition genders or don't even believe in gender binary and like I'm not I'm not any gender. I'm what gender I feel like being. Which, you know, interesting. And they talked about how they wanted to play this sci-fi game and they, they were disappointed that in the sci-fi game where you play in in a in a theoretical sci-fi game where you play as any as any Massive. race, any outer space race, that this outer space race still had male and female and mm-hmm. that there was no in between and that they would have loved to have just played as like a being above an androgynous being above gender mm-hmm. like that would have that would have reflected their feelings in a, in a main character and that's something like i could in that moment i felt i could feel through them their mm-hmm. desire to see that and it wasn't something i ever thought to myself i wanted to see like i i not that it wouldn't be an interesting story to see mm-hmm. but like it was also having the empathy to say, like, this isn't for me. Yeah. Like, this, just because this thing exists and it, I'm like, I, I don't need this. Like, it's not, not everything is made for me. That's something I can't stop saying enough to people. It, yeah. You don't get everything. Not everything and Not is, everything is for you. You have, yeah. no matter who you are, you have so much. And the same I watched on the, on the WWE Network. They had a thing on the, on Harlem Heat, mm-hmm. or on Booker T. Mm-hmm. And he was a real role model for, pe- for people. And, like... If you were a Wait kid, a minute. if you Wait were a, a kid minute. in the in Atlanta or mm-hmm. wherever watching WCW, and you finally saw like black faces on TV, like people who look like you who were who were cool, like wrestlers, like you might like them more than just white dude, like e- even the friendliest white dude. Like I'm just, I think representation does matter, and I just always say, why not try and. Just so you know, it always bounces back to the white status well, yeah. quo eventually. It will be them anyway. What color is the Green Lantern right now? I think it's back to hell. Yeah. They, or there's like a dozen of them. But, but yeah, that's also the point. Like It, it comes back it anyway, comes back and they're around. just another hero. Yeah. And when people... I I don't like the either... Not I, I appreciated Garncer's reply. I'm not... Mm-hmm. Uh, th- no, I think for, it's, I, I appreciate it's a great thing to point this out. conversation. And it wasn't, it wasn't... He didn't even point it out like an asshole. I'm not no. scolding you at all. I'm just Certainly letting you know not. how I feel. Um, but, but Garncer, I, love you, buddy. But I don't think it's... He kind of... I felt like he posited as an either-or thing of mm-hmm. like... Why ch- why make this character black or a woman when you could just make a new character who's this? Yeah. And... And because I don't you, think it's an either or because like they did they made Silk like Silk has her own book now I'll who is a new female character. To, I love to this day browsing the candy aisle. Mm-hmm. It brings me a great thrill even though it doesn't compare to what it was like when I was a little kid and browse the candy aisle. What the fuck is that? A PB <laughs> Max? A whatchamacallit? That's crazy. We don't get that anymore. You don't get introduced to new candies. What you get is Hershey's white chocolate. Or M and M's with pretzels. They use they they piggyback over an established brand to give, offer you something new. And for unlike unlike <laughs> funny analogy. unlike candy, like you go because yes, go to go to any candy island. It's just like Milky Way, Snickers, and M and M's, and like sixteen varieties of them. Yeah, how do they launch? You can't launch a new candy, but brand. you but like, you well it's harder. That, unlike that, comics can use that as a bit of focus testing. They fuck around for a little bit, and it's a gimmicky thing that doesn't work on television, movies. And I like that it works in comics, and that yeah. you it, it can always go back to the status quo, yeah. or it can change forever if it's really good. Well, like I'm super bummed out that uh, 
Peter Parker isn't embodied with the mind of Doc Ock. That was the most entertained I was by Spider-Man forever. Or, for example, with the new Thor, who's mm-hmm. a woman. Like, Thor, I have not read that yet. Thor was replaced with a character in the 90s, in the late 80s and 90s, for a few years, Thor was replaced by a character, no, by a character by the name of Eric Masterson, mm-hmm. who was just a dude with a beard who gave, who humanized Thor. And when they got separated and Thor was just himself again, that guy became Thunderstrike and started his own book. And that book didn't last it very didn't long. Last that's very beside long. this point. But my, but, what I mean is, like, maybe the woman Thor, whenever this run, this storyline runs a course, she gets her own book. Like, yeah, it's, it's not yeah. as it's not as easy to launch a new hero like that. And, and I don't know why not. It's such a beautiful thing that you they can play like that in a universe. That's what so I saw, cool. And I saw Jason. And, and, and I, if, if if I'm being a hippie liberal about it, it's, it's because yeah, I'm willing. To sacrifice the status quo because mm-hmm. the outcome could be way cooler. It means more people. Yeah, and I, I've seen I more saw, love, more passion. Also, it's worth it. I saw Jason Aaron. It is a gimmick. At Comic Con last year, I saw Jason Aaron get kind of defensive when somebody gave him the question of like, "Why can't you just make make a new character? Like, why don't you have Sif star in the book? Give mm-hmm. Sif her own book. Don't just make a girl Thor." And then he had a great comeback. Was like, "We had a Sif book, and no, and you, and you guys it. didn't read it." Yeah. Like. And and yeah, it is it like I'm not cynical about it. Like I think it is a Marvel has. I, I read this by Dan Slott saying this once. Marvel, mm-hmm. it's gimmicky in that Marvel has always wanted you to buy their comics. Like mm-hmm. Marvel is was born out of Stanley's hucksterism of going like it's the <laughs> mighty Marvel way. Read this every book, buy every single you book. Belong, like you so, Marvel is still doing that, and and but part of that gimmick now is saying like. Hey, people who aren't our core audience, who maybe are hearing everything about the, or who really like those movies, but don't see characters that look like you. Here are some of them too. Mm-hmm. Like you, you also have representation, and it'll feel more welcoming because, you know, I was at this Comic Con panel, mm-hmm. the, the same one. Like I, this woman came up and asked the Marvel editors, "I love the comics, but how? Or, I love the films." I don't know how to get into the comics. Like, what do I do? And partially, I think it's because, like, comic, the comic book store, thanks to, thanks in, to, like, stereotypes like comic book guy or whatever, mm-hmm. like, they've, they've made, they've made stores seem unwelcoming at times to women mm-hmm. or, or just non fringe people, minorities in general. Women yeah. are not a minority, by the way. I'm no, not no, saying no. that. I've yeah. definitely walked into comic stores and a fuckload of record stores where it's mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, why stores would, are very unwelcoming. Why too. wouldn't somebody fire you for acting like this? I'm yeah. curious about an album. I didn't know about that. You seem to. Why would you not inform me? <laughs> ah, I see. This is the attitude that you're going to take. Yeah, let's never be those people mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's my reply there, Wow, I don't even know that. what we were talking about. Uh, but uh, you know why don't we just okay? Why don't we make that the question? We got another one, but uh, I like this one better. But do mm-hmm. you do you guys like when characters? How do you guys feel about characters evolving in that way? Either being replaced with somebody of a different race or gender, or characters becoming Does that include uh, a different person, or or becoming a new person, or also when a character discovers a side of their sexuality they haven't they didn't recognize before. I'll leave this to you to boil down to a single sentence. All right, what do you guys think? <laughs> okay, do you guys think it is gimmicky? Do you guys think? Uh, it is gimmicky for diversity, or do you think it is? It is mm. just. Uh, or are you interested in it? There is it gimmicky diversity, or or do you or do you think it I really think it, adds something to the character? 
I think it's it's well, that's the thing. I think it's a gimmick to sell comics for sure, mm-hmm. but I don't think diversity and inclusiveness is a good thing yeah. always. So it's why, never if, not a good thing. If you have to commoditize it mm-hmm. at the at, at the at the LGBT thing I went to. They kept trying to talk up, like, how do we convince people it's worth money? Like, they kept it, they kept having to go back to money for it. They're just like, well, will it be worth a lot of money to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, or it, will we not lose money if we make gay characters? Like, they kept having to explain it that way. Like, and so, yeah, uh, also... I think I'm gay now. I also do, do want to say uh, Slane's Puddle, we're going to finish it with this. Slane Puddle had an interesting question, which, like almost feel unequipped to, to handle but for you and me um, but um, do you feel more at home in San Francisco even though you were raised in a totally different environment even if it's not totally accepting of your views or orientation do you miss home a lot and think of moving back or do you think of it as a relic of the past to learn from and maybe visit once in a while I ask because I'm in this somewhat unique situation living in Saudi where my views and lifestyle completely clash with the general public's extremely incorrect, parenthetical, idea of what a decent human being should be. I am thinking of moving to California, L.A. or S.F. Still haven't figured out what uh, that one. Still haven't figured that one out. But or and I'm afraid of the factors I can't control: financial and homesickness. But I'm still stubborn because I don't want to live in this toxic environment. So, yeah, he it's. I, I wasn't this, paying attention. <laughs> really? Were you really not? Uh, what? He asked, like, you mean you left Florida mm-hmm. because we didn't feel like it was the right place for us and we wanted to go mm-hmm. to a more liberal area like this. He lives in Saudi, mm-hmm. he says. And oh, wow. He, and he says that he is feeling a similar kind of uncomfortableness there, too, but mm-hmm. is afraid of also feeling homesick. And he's wondering if we feel homesick or if we feel like it's a... Like a relic of the past we left. I on. realized recently um, I'm a couple months away from my 10 year anniversary in California. Wow. I think and, I'm getting there too. And that yeah. was that and was I'm after nine years, over a quarter of a century in Florida. And I go back and things. Florida and Saudi, but in, things, the, in the Middle East are not. Things have changed so much there. You yeah. can't go home again. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But but I did used to miss it, and I, I've said that on a podcast previously. Weirdly enough, when I dream. Uh, Henry, you might be in my dream. We're never in California. I, I we're always mean. In, back in Florida. I've and had, when I'm when I'm in yeah. Florida, I, I guess this balances out because I don't feel like I miss Florida. When I'm in Florida, I dream about specific California locations. That's so funny. Yeah, I I've I, I've had those Florida dreams too of mm-hmm. dreaming like being back there. I the I would say first, and rain like, gutters everywhere. Like that shit doesn't exist out here. It's always the, Though I also have dreams. I have annoying dreams of like, oh, my cats. Oh, these guys are so great. And then I wake up for a little bit thinking like, oh, it'll be so great to see my cats the next time I go, oh, they've been dead for like three years. Yeah, I think that the, the move out here was worth it. There's a lot of things I wish I could do over again, but mm-hmm. none of that involves not moving to California. No, me, me too. I, I love it. I mean, it is like... I can empathize with your situation, though, uh, uh, splain, uh, mm-hmm. slain puddle, but I don't think it's exa- like I I can't. Uh, I've never been to the Middle East. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it's like. To, I haven't, to but I am up. an expert. <laughs> well, we're as big of an expert as the Ducks <laughs> Dynasty guys, definitely. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 I will say living in San Francisco and L- or L.A., they are cheap and you kind of like. Uh, I mean, I moved out here without a plan either. My plan was like, I'll live in Berkeley and I'll find a minimum wage job. Mm-hmm. 
I was very lucky I had saved up a lot of money because it was a long time before I was paying rent with a minimum wage job. And even then, it was barely rent. And you couldn't, and I could not pay rent now with that salary yeah. I made eight years ago. I didn't just have a lot of money saved. I had $1,000. Hmm. And I made it a year here on a lot of credits and borrowing and not eating or doing anything. Mm-hmm. Very miserable year. Yeah, it's in. But that was the kind of sacrifice you had to make. That if you didn't have a, if you didn't have a job lined up, like it, it costs a lot. And so, for you, like to move out here, like I would imagine, it's like we didn't have to worry about visas or citizenship or any of that type of stuff. Like so, but but I do. I'm very happy I moved here. Like to me, to me, Florida feels like home. But every time I'm there, I get reminded of like, oh, I'm glad I don't have to see this every day. I'm glad I don't have to, like. <laughs> San Francisco is not a beautiful utopia. The, the 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 roads are not paved with gold by no means. But I do think that it, like the like I, I don't like being around Florida. When I was in Florida, I was like everybody's like conservative, and a, a lot of people are conservative. There's all these like pictures of I told the story before. Signs up. I'm like I don't agree with this sign. I grew, I wanted to grow up my hair long for one time in my life, and I did. And then I showed up to work after like right after getting the shower, and it was wet, and mm-hmm. uh, and just a guy in a restaurant faggot. Yeah, like really, exactly. like just like shit like that. Like, and then, people, then the people like, in the restaurant, some people in the restaurant laughed. I'm like, really? That's where yeah. I live? Fuck this yeah. place. Fuck this place forever. And you just get this feeling of like racial tension. I or, was already a big yeah. lefty, and it was like now, like I don't give a shit. Like the whole city sees things like I do, mm. and I don't have to worry about anything like that. I don't get in arg- political arguments ever. Well, yeah. not ever. No, uh, but, but uh, well, that is one thing. Like. I had to adjust to this too of moving out here from being one of the most liberal people I knew if not the most liberal person I, was, I knew I was excruciating in, I was awful yeah. I have to go back and apologize for how like man that fucking car you know how much get we're in a war for oil right now you're driving an SUV like that was me it really was yeah, and was being awful. that in Florida and then moving here and then being like oh I, I feel like I'm kind of conservative in ways I'm, conser- I'm California conservative uh-huh. which is still crazy liberal like but. Which, which I mean like yeah, we should be able to make all the jokes we want. That's that's pretty much me. That's, uh, that's my my conservatism for California. So yeah, I hope those tips help. Like I, I mean, you'll never not feel homesick and like I, I don't know what your relationship with your family is, but uh, uh, don't but, but yeah, I think <laughs> I'm I kind of I personally like the distance, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's if you can afford it or if you can make it work, like I would. What I I would I I would suggest moving out of here now. San Francisco is a very crowded place, uh, yeah. crowded housing market. But it's well, I mean, worth usually what people do is you pick a place to go to college or yeah. get a get a try and get a grant or a scholarship to go maybe get a degree in something and maybe pick a state. Mm-hmm. Maybe pick a state or a city you might want to you've always wanted to visit or yeah. live in. Maybe yeah, maybe give America in general a shot first mm-hmm. before going straight to California. I mean, like. I don't know. Unless you're a Saudi prince, you're gonna love it here, buddy. Well, in that case, he should just have like he should have a like a penthouse in Manhattan already. You, you got to see it. We got Dave and Buster's Disneyland. It's really cool. Uh, but I hope that helped. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate that question. So, if you guys have questions for us to answer, I, I'll try to limit it more to one answer per week because that took a long okay. time. But I really didn't want to reply to these guys. We've this has been going a long time. But real quick. Plugs, Chris. Um, laser time this week. Um, it was our lovely goodbye to Leonard Nimoy. 
Uh, we, we didn't. It wasn't planned. I didn't even know that episode was going to go up, but we kind of wanted to do it, and mm-hmm. I think the man is worth it. He no, is, it was a great send off. I'm not naive, but like I knew who Spock was before I knew what Star Trek was. Mm-hmm. That's how ingrained he was with that character, and I've known that since I was a little kid. It's really weird to see, to think of a world without Leonard Nimoy. It just I know. is. This is for me. Uh, and I, I don't know much of what else he's done, but I love those movies. He was like an inst- he was just an institution of our. He's a pop culture institution. He's worth celebrating. Mm-hmm. And it's worth being bummed over. And don't let anybody give you shit. For, you didn't even know the guy for saying <laughs> something nice about him on Twitter. The, was, somebody was saying that close to us the other day. Like all these people tweeting, like, "Well, what do you have to? What do you have? You grief thieves, put your shit up." Like I hope, I hope when you die. <laughs> I hope when you die, the least people do for you is to acknowledge that they liked you in 140 characters. I hope. I hope that's the least everybody does for you. Everybody deserves that. What if everybody got that? So cool. Right. Uh, so cool. Uh, then there was um, also- and we also, did a, we also did a Clay Fighter stream. That's Ooh. right. Yeah, break, yeah, bring down the internet. Uh, Dave and I with a new announcement of a fucking new Clay Fighter game that came out of GDC. We streamed uh, three games. Clay Insanity. Fighter 1, Clay Fighter 2, Judgment Clay, also known as C2. Fucking... And the ultra-rare blockbuster-exclusive version of Clay Fighter thir- 33 and a third. It's a timeless reference. No, wait, 63 and a third. 60, 63 and a third. Because it was on uh, 64, so it was 63. I think and, it was 33 and a third. No, instead of, the joke is, instead of being Clay Fighter 64, because everything I was know, called but Game like, 64. Let me look. Uh, fine. It, the sculptor's cut. You couldn't buy wow. it. It was only available for rental at Blockbuster. But I got my hands on one, and it didn't didn't go very well. <laughs> you can find that at YouTube.com. And we have a bunch of great articles up right now. I can't express that enough. I wish I could plug them all. Uh, we got a really good uh, laser list um, about world-changing Easter eggs from uh, from Tony, who's been on the show before. Please check it out. All right. Yes, it's 63 and a third. Thanks, Hank. Uh, and there's also Vigigame Apocalypse, VG yeah, Empire. Yeah, buddy, Ray Barnhold. And I do want to plug... Oh, uh, Ray Barnhold was on? Yeah. Yeah, oh, cool. we, we was on to talk about... Um, I don't remember what the topic was, but it's fun. It was really funny. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of things get revealed. And you and I are both on Retronauts this week talking about oh, t- yeah. Tiny Tunes games. Totally. That was yeah. a gr- great time. Give all those mm-hmm. things a listen. Fill your ears with our voices all week long. We record enough of it. You can now, you'll never be free of us. Uh, and, and don't forget to answer the question in the uh, not in the comment. Ask us questions in the comments. Answer this week's question weeks in the forums. All the links are on the episode page on lasertimepodcast.com. And until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior.